Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to U105 of the Best, your weekly roundup of news, views, chat, and quizzing on Northern Ireland's best mix, U105. Morris and Denise uncovered some excellent facts and stats about chefs and divorce on Monday, as they served up quite the mix of chat to kick the week off. If you've ever won a wife carrying contest, let us know in the comments. The number one reason for divorce, naming your child Techno Mechanicus. <laughs> I think Tau's not too bad. He's going to get Tau for short, apparently. No. Anyway, that's not the number one reason. No. Uh, apparently, the number one reason for divorce uh, soon but, but is set to be using your phone too much. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's probably kind of understandable. Spending too much time checking your phone is said to be the main cause of divorce next year. Don't know why it's next year, but uh, nearly three quarters of us say we spend more time on the phone than we do with our partner. And 17% of women will interrupt a romantic moment to check their phone. No. No, that's bad. You want to have a nice new dinner together. You, do, you put your phones away, surely. Oh, that kind of romantic moment. Yeah. All right. Oh, right. <laughs> what were you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you work away there, love. I'm just going to check my phone. <laughs> In the papers today. Uh, the top weirdest places or events that people want to visit and go to. The top weird places or weird things. Okay. Now, I've heard of one of them. I've heard of the Wife Carrying Championships. Yep. <laughs> Those are in Finland. That that's makes the list. Germany has a Mod Olympics, which sounds like it might be fun as well. Um, is it a beer pool in Austria? Is that like an entire pool? Did you, you jump into and swim and drink? Lovely. Yeah, or is that like playing pool with beer? Because that's normal, isn't it? Do you remember the speaking of the mud there? Do you remember we used to have mud runs here? Do we still have mud runs? We did. There were, it was like a field outside Tandra Gear. Yes, wasn't there was it? one big one every year. Yes. Well, I don't know if we still have that. It was a charity thing. It, it was. Lots of people did for charity. Yeah. I think Jaffa Kicks might have been sort of sponsoring it because you got right. Jaffa Kicks at the end of it. Right. <laughs> I remember covering it for TV. See, I wondered that. It was called the mud something. It was wasn't something it? mud run or something. Yes, like that. it was. Absolutely. Yeah, um, there's a mass zombie walk in Denmark as well. <laughs> a mass zombie walk? <laughs> Thinking of Shaun of the Dead. I'm sure that happens every Saturday night in Shaftesbury Square. <laughs> 
the papers elsewhere. Oh, I didn't give you the first of the number one on the list, the festival That's of the... much better, I can hear you clear <laughs> okay, as a bell. Sure. Sorry, number one the festivals, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the festival of the giant omelette in France. Apparently it's somewhere that chefs take 1,500 eggs and they make a giant omelette. I can't even make an omelette with two eggs. I just, it ends up with scrambled eggs. I don't it know what I'm doing It's tricky, I know, it's the fl- flippy bit. Oh, right. Do you know what okay. the hundred plates in a chef's hat are for? Or what they represent? There's a hundred plates? Apparently so. And I only learned this this morning, which ties in perfectly. Okay. The right. hundred plates around a chef's hat are to represent the hundred ways you can cook an egg. No, you're making that up. No, I'm not. Well, maybe I am, but I'm making it up because of something I read earlier on. Is it really? Yes, I was looking up my morning muse questions. Okay. And this came up. What's the hundred plates around a chef's hat meant to represent? Well, apparently, it's a hundred ways you can cook an egg. That seems a lot. I think I can name about six. No. That seems a lot. A hundred ways to cook an egg. Yeah. Like, let's not even begin, because we're never going to get anywhere near that. But what's the weirdest way you've had an egg cooked? I saw somebody trying to cook an egg on a car bonnet the other day. <laughs> no, yes, didn't. because of the heat. Yeah. It didn't work. No, of course. It failed miserably. But, uh, we mentioned earlier on that uh, the number one cause for divorce will soon be the mobile phone. Mm-hmm. And using your mobile phone, checking your mobile phone too often, including during romantic moments, whichever they may be. But what might come a close second is also in the papers today, uh, not doing your, your fair share of chores. Yeah. So, but you see, it's kind of, it's kind of what about her? It's blame, it's blaming. You don't do, yeah, but you don't do, and you don't do, but you don't do. I know, and then you spend ages saying, but I did this, and you did exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. Nearly half of women say their other half doesn't do the fair share of household chores. The same number said the husband or boyfriend doesn't tidy up after himself. And it's not just the women who complain. A quarter of men moan that their partners are not doing their fair share. While 28% of us in general said partners do not tidy up. Well, depends if you're a very, very tidy person. You can have sort of like normal mess. You can get away with that. Right. If that sort of progresses, it's not good. Okay. <laughs> and uh, one of the things uh, most uh, uh, sort of discussed or argued about is the loo rule. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh. Really? Yeah. Just, like, like, just leaving nothing. That that's the that I would have a problem with that. And then I go barging around the house with this in my hand, going, "Who left Who this? Left Who this? left How this? difficult is it? Not fair." But do you have a supply close by? We do. Yes, we have like, like a very close by, covered under the stairs. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Under the stairs. Uh-huh. That's a bit of a stretch, there. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of a sort of round, <laughs> round, round the ankles job? You're, you're knickers round your ankles. <laughs> and you no. waddle out of the bathroom, look through under the stairs. Of the postman. And you bend right. and you bend over to get the loo roll. Oh dear! No, no, no I, I see. I have mine very close at hand. What? The stock. Oh, you just keep yeah, it so beside the, the yes, toilet. There's a wee cupboard. Oh, you have a cupboard. There's a wee right. cupboard there. Yes. So you just had, you just left the big multi pack right beside your loo. Exactly. Oh, that did was, you? That, that'll do. Yes, as well. <laughs> Done that before. Yeah. Right. And also going potty over not replacing it or discarding the empty tube on the floor. And another big bugbear in this world of household chores is not picking up your dirty laundry. Yeah. People get wound up by messy bedrooms and messy laundry. An equal number of people are cheesed off by loading up of dirty plates, not putting them in either a dishwasher or into the sink. Yeah, so my, my kids do that. They just leave us. Just they literally just put them in the sink and then just do nothing with but them. But the worst one is just leave them in the bedrooms. Oh, they do that How many me. times? Boys, good morning. On the way to school. How many times? I oh, know. Bring your dishes down. 
It's the hope that often kills you with sport, and when I inadvertently ended up on Frank's show on Tuesday to talk about the Scotland v England 150th anniversary game that night, I was full of the stuff as I got behind the Tartan Army. Didn't really work out though, did it? So many of you thoroughly enjoying the sport that's ongoing. And uh, Jim is from Glasgow and he's looking forward to uh, the football, which is the, the centenary of Scottish football or whatever, where England are playing against Scotland. But then sort of... Um I, 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 I don't know which language he's... I'm not going to put on a Scottish accent to, to read this out, but he's basically uh, saying in like broken English, which I presume he's trying to tease me into uh, speaking a bit like a Glaswegian, but he does believe... I'm not, going to, I'm not going to attempt it. He does believe indeed that Scotland will manage to beat England. Well, we'll, we'll, wait, and, so we'll wait and see on that one. And I um, can't see... Will Scotland be playing flat? out, can't see England playing flat out in a, what basically is a, a friendly game, but there's certainly great interest in it. Right, 02890 here's a Scotsman, eh? there's a Scotsman coming through the door here, who'll be, give me, you know Chris works with us here, and I, you know he's got the richest Scottish accent that you're ever likely to hear and he follows, he follows a football team that I haven't really heard of, which is in Motherwell. Is Motherwell, the mighty well, thank you. <laughs> the mighty well Frank, yeah. <laughs> right, I'll subtitle the radio here, but uh, Chris, um, why is this game important to Scotland? Uh, so tonight's game is the 150th uh, anniversary of, the, I believe, the, the Scottish Football Association uh, coming together, and it's the anniversary of the first game between Scotland and England. Uh, so there's actually there's, there's two things going on tonight. So there's the, the game at Hamden between, you know, one of the arguably one of the best Scottish football sides in history and an England team that are kind of up and down at the minute. Uh, but there's also some European qualifying as well. And if things go right, I think it's Georgia v Norway, Scotland can qualify for the Euros and we can also scud England as well on the same night. So it's going to be some party at Hamden. What, what, what does it mean to Scotland that they're practically through to the Euros now? Oh, it's massive. Absolutely massive. Uh, when we qualified for the the last Euros uh, with the, the penalty win, uh, with David Marshall making that incredible penalty save from uh, Mitrovic, it just it, it brought the nation together like it hadn't been for such a long time. You know, I remember... I was sitting uh, in my, my previous work listening to the start of that campaign or one of the campaigns before when we could beat 3-0 off Kazakhstan. Just awful, just wondering what is going on with this Scottish team. Now fast forward, we qualified for the last Euros, missed out in the World Cup, but now, you know, in the last year we've been Spain, we're unbeaten in this qualifying section, we've only conceded one goal, I think we've got 12 goals in it. Uh, there was actually, there was a... a a story in one of the Scottish papers over the weekend, typical Scottish, you know, on the cusp of uh, qualifying for, for the European competitions. They're a big front page thing or back page thing about how Scotland hasn't produced any world-class strikers in the last, since Joe Jordan and Dennis Law and that. It's like, but we're just about to qualify again. You know, why are you bringing it down with this kind of thing? But, uh, it's, but it's interesting you say about qualifying again because you'd reminded me there that they qualified for the last Euros, but because the Euros were in England, it didn't seem like as if Scotland had really qualified. I, I, I know, yes, they did. <laughs> but I, I, you tend to think if they're not playing out foreign, so to speak, they mm-hmm. haven't really achieved internationally. And I, I, I remember Scotland... But, you know, playing with Archie Gemmell and Alan Hansen and mm. uh, being on foreign soil and doing doing really, really well up to a point and then yeah. it crumbles. But they've they've 
they, they've been bigger in the past than they are now. Why, why is that? I think it's just it's it's generational stuff with football. You know, it's it's a cyclical thing. You know, as, as you know yourself, you know, being a big Man City fan, you're you're having you're reaping all the rewards. Uh, you know, the last decade or so, but you had all that fallow time as well. You know, when you were relegated and and struggling, and it's the same with international football. You know, Northern Ireland are going through it just now. You know, last time under Michael O'Neill, they were flying. Uh, they had probably the the best generation of Northern Irish footballers since you know George Best's either. You know, qualifying in two thousand and sixteen, but this campaign. Just hasn't worked. Same with the, the the public as well. You know, Stephen Kenny, he's under a lot of pressure. Uh, and you had David Healy coming out and saying about you know the the investment in in Northern Irish football after the the defeats at the weekend there as well. So it is a cyclical thing. Uh, and again, you're talking about the the past players. It was at a time when the the English leagues, you know, the, the old the old English leagues were full of you know the, the the best Scottish players. The best players in England at that time were Scottish uh, for the most part. And you're seeing that again now. Maybe not the best players in the league, but certainly, you know, the the, the pick of them, the likes of you know, John McGinn, Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, uh, even Lyndon Dykes. You know, that was one of the big things, you know, people saying about how uh, Joe Jordan was a great striker for Scotland. Lyndon Dykes has got two less goals than Joe Jordan in half the amount of games. So, you know, the, there's a big, big swell of support for this team, for what Steve Clark's done with the, the squad and all the momentum and I think if Scotland can get the job done against England tonight it doesn't mean anything in terms of qualification but from everything that's gone over the last kind of five, six months in the qualification and whatever happens in Georgia or Norway if we qualify tonight it is going to be such a buzz it's going to be such a buzz for that It means a lot to you to, oh, to, to, to be down there. You know, <laughs> I just love watching you talk about it Chris because uh, you remind me of you know how Northern Irish fans felt about beating England all those years ago mm. and when Northern Ireland were absolutely on the buzz or when the Republic were on the buzz everyone around here was you know cock a hoop and now it's your turn and in fairness you know Scotland have now achieved something and they are very very good and they are they are serious contenders and they might even beat England in this challenge tonight but I love it coming from as you say as you described, to use your words, a mighty well fan, you know, yeah. because I tend to only think of Scottish football in terms of Celtic and Rangers. Whereas, you know, to just briefly tell me about why people, if they haven't chosen a Scottish team to follow, what is it about Motherwell? Where, where exactly is Motherwell? Where were they based? So, Motherwell's in a, a tough spot. It's maybe only about 15, 16 miles outside of Glasgow. So, you get a lot of people on a Saturday jumping on buses and trains going through to either Parkhead or Ibrox or following uh, Rangers or Celtic all over the, the, the country. I come from a wee town just a wee bit further on than that called Lanark uh, and uh, Motherwell would be my local team you know I, I had the choice between Motherwell or Hamilton Ackies and I wasn't going to go with Ackies not a chance uh, so, so uh, Motherwell were my team uh, they're, a very, they're a team very much grounded in the community uh, their nickname's the Steel Men because there used to be steel works in, in the town and that was the big sort of community thing you know they would work Monday to Friday in the steelworks and go to Firth Park on the Saturday. Uh, and then they ease all the steelworks and everything gets shut down through Maggie Thatcher's regime and, and whatnot. Uh, and with a roller coaster club, you know, it's, very, it's all been well, you know, as I said to you earlier on about supporting the city. You've had your dips in the roller coaster, but you're firmly at the top now. With Motherwell, we'll have maybe three seasons where we're, we're challenging at the top of the league, uh, maybe have a good few good cup runs, and then as the last few seasons been right at the bottom of the league fighting for survival uh, and just managing to scrape the top six uh, I mean we 
we've been in Europe a good few times. And you've had Northern Irish men in charge, haven't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Stephen Robinson did a great job for us. He's doing a great job at St Mirren just now. Uh, Stephen Cregan, one of my absolute footballing idols. Uh, he he was such a, a big part of me growing up as a Motherwell fan. You know, he came through, uh, I think, through kind of Partick Thistle and Motherwell and made his kind of his early career at Fir Park. Then he went to Thistle, came back to Motherwell, had a really good uh, Northern Irish career as well. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good Northern Irish uh, kind of links with, with Motherwell as well. See, uh, I, I was picking you in, in, in absolute ignorance. I, I have, I've said this before and I've got to correct this. I've never been to Glasgow. Never? I've never been to Glasgow. Oh, you to, don't know what you're missing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have, fam- I have family who live in Glasgow who have never been to Glasgow. So I, I, uh, I, I've got to correct that and I've got to visit some of the, the football that's happening there. And you're not just in the city, but out in the outer, oh, yeah. in the mean, outer reaches. Even if you were to go along to Fir Hill, go and see Partick Thistle instead of going to the, the big two, you know, yeah. uh, Mary Hill and that whole area in the west end of Glasgow, such a vibrant place. Uh, and I would say the, the Thistle fans are among the most passionate that you would find uh, without, you know, all the, the aggro. <laughs> They'll not be any more passionate than you. I just, I love watching you as you talk about football, Chris. Listen, thanks, thanks for coming through the door. If you ever make an ad here uh, on U105, Chris will be the man pushing the buttons for you. Johnny welcomed a football referee onto Minute to Win It this week, but did his performance merit a red card, or did we have to get VAR involved with any of the answers? Find out now. Right, on the quiz, let's go to the phone. Heather, how you doing? I'm good, Johnny. How are you? Oh, great. Here, did you do much of the weekend? Flying your kite? No, no, not a lot. Had family over for dinner just, so... All right, OK. Just a, a nice civilised one. Yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't turn into a mad party or anything till three in the morning? No? No. Well, right, OK. No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> right. Minute on the clock. Blatter through these. If you're stuck, shout help. Simple as that. We'll give you the oh. three options, Heather, OK? No problem. Right, let me get started. I'll get myself sorted here. Here we go. What's the correct name uh, given to a fox's tail? Brush. Is correct. What's the main language spoken in Mexico? Spanish. Correct. Who played Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean films? Johnny Depp. Is correct. What was the name of the girl who kept a diary while hidden in Amsterdam in 1942? Frank is correct. Which wartime classic film starred Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart? Uh, Help. Casablanca, The Dambusters, or The Great Escape? Casablanca is correct. This uh, song charted again in 2004, but in what decade was ABBA's Waterloo first a hit? 70s. Is correct. Where would you wear a cummerbund? Run your waist. Correct. Wee buns to you, Heather. Good run there. Two, four, <laughs> six, eight, nine, 13 points. Very good indeed. Okay? Very good. Okay, that's great. Maybe to later on. Thanks, Heather. Thank you now. There you go. Heather getting a very healthy 13. Uh, how would you have done yourselves, folks? Eh? Well, you can have a go and see how you'll do. So, what we've given you so far, Malfoy, Hermione, Rubius and Ron. Malfoy, Hermione, Rubius and Ron. Those are the answers. What was the original survey question? Get on text and WhatsApp. On the quiz, Heather scored 13. Taking up the challenge, it's Lawrence. Lawrence, how you doing? Oh, good, show yourself. Oh, great, great. Do you do much of the weekend? Uh, rugby. 
refereeing. Oh, uh, mm. keeps up, Are you rugby refereeing? No, no, watching rugby refereeing football. All oh, right, what age do you referee, Lawrence? Uh, well, all juniors and seniors. All right, okay. No, um, uh, parents still a nightmare at the kids' level. Well, not this. Not so far. Touch right. wood. Touch wood. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as one of the nightmare parents, by the way, so I'm <laughs> often. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Minute on the clock. Blatter through these. If you're stuck, shout help. You're 13-0 down. Okay? No problem. Here we go. Which country had 11 kings called Ramesses? Egypt. Correct. According to the nursery rhyme, who fixed his head with vinegar and brown paper? Help. Wee Willy Winky, Little Boy Blue, or Jack? Jack. Correct. What's the name given to the Japanese craft of paper folding? Origami. Is correct. The Abbey Theatre is in which Irish city? Dublin. Correct. The zodiac sign Gemini is represented by what? Twins. Correct. What fruit is dried to produce raisins? Uh, plum. Grapes. In which sport did Ivan uh. Lendl achieve fame? Tennis. Correct. Doherty, Atkinson and Ferguson have all managed which football team? The Great Mine United. Correct. Vienna is the capital of which European country? Austria. Correct. Which black wood is used for piano keys? Ebony. Correct. In which sport do you compete for the Ryder Cup? Golf. Okay. Oh, let us see here. Cover close. You got 19. So, a very, oh. <laughs> you got very, very good score. So, 1913 today. Well done, Lawrence. Uh, you're in the draw at the end of the week. Okay, we will be in touch. Okay, well, thank you. Thanks. Well played, sir. There you go, Lawrence, uh, the referee, getting 19 points. Very good indeed. How, how would you have got on yourselves, eh? Carolyn turned to her resident nutritionist Jane McLenahan on Thursday to talk to her listeners about perimenopausal snacking. From what's in your work vending machine to hormone helping garage treats, Jane gave us all some food for thought. Now, um, our resident nutritionist, Jane McLennan, has just stepped in. Jane, how are you doing? I'm great, Carolyn. Good to see you. It was hard to drag you away from the girls in the office. You were having a real we in-depth conversation out there. We were having a great chat. <laughs> <laughs> about what we were talking about last time. Yes. But what woman doesn't want to talk about it? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, last time we were talking about um, being perimenopausal, how you can eat your way through it mm-hmm. um, and make yourself feel better with uh, nutrition. Um, and just as we had finished off that chat, one of our listeners had come through um, with a message about how women in work are not recognised whenever they're going through the menopause. Um, so she said, if I can find it, yeah, she says... Um, I work in DEFRA who widely recognise the menopause as a condition. We are told to look after our mental health and take time out of the day if needed, being given the chance to work flexibly to suit. We have a menopause group who run sessions across departments, alerting all employees, encouraging conversations about the menopause. It's got to be considered now, especially as women are really leading the way in the workplace now. And so they should be. So we were kind of chatting about that sort of thing and what women have to deal with. And most times people don't want to talk about it. Yes, I think so. There's, I did a session last week, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, for um, Menopause Support Group Northern Ireland who have got a wonderful Facebook page and it's really a forum where women can share 
how they're feeling. And it's just, it's absolutely fantastic. There's lots of information on there. So go and have a look at that. So if you go to Facebook, it's Menopause Support Group Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is just masses of information. You, 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 it's like a closed forum, so you can join it, join the group. But there's lots of videos on there. One of the videos is mine. There's also a personal trainer. There's um, somebody talking about HRT. There's lots and lots of real good resources there, good support. We need to talk about it because it happens to every woman. And, you know, I think... Like we were just saying out um, outside the studio, we were we were talking about it used to be that it was very very close book. The only thing you ever heard about menopause, perimenopause, was hot flushes, but it affects our mental health. It affects our physical well being. And nutrition is part of our jigsaw puzzle. It's part of that that kind of first aid kit in terms of all aspects of our health but I think in terms of hormone balance it's often overlooked a bit Mm -hmm. and we go yes HRT can be so important for so many women but whether you're taking HRT whether you decide that's the right route for you or not nutrition should be part of your toolkit yeah Um, and really thinking about you know changing your diet in a way that supports your hormones so getting the beans and lentils in getting the flaxseed into your diet forgetting about the low fat and getting the good fats in because that's what your body needs for hormone balance Mm -hmm. also lots of green vegetables berries going for really dark chocolate not your milk chocolate and also limiting your alcohol intake so that you're you're doing your body good Mm -hmm. and you're giving your body the best chance to go through, you know, I'm at the stage of perimenopause and I'm talking about this all the time and whether you're at the same stage as me where nothing really has changed that much or whether you're you're kind of going through it or out the other side, there's something that all of us can do just to make ourselves feel a bit better and to support us, whatever decision we make in terms of how we how we um, manage the menopause. Mm. And it, I just always remember, nobody's going to do it for you. No. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, we're just about talking about it. Never mind anybody trying to do th- something to make you feel better about it. I mean, for years, it was just an embarrassing thing to even mention. Yeah. Um, to family, friends, workplace. I mean, it was just all kept hush hush. Mm-hmm. And such a massive part of a woman's life. Yes. That why should you hide that and, and also- try and just struggle on? But but I think as well, I read something about um, the fact that, you know, more than half your life is on the other side of yeah. this as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not the end. It's not like a, you know, it, yes, it, it, it's a line in the sand, but it's, it's, it's kind of thinking about, right, how do you, how do you choose to support your health from now on? How do you choose to balance your hormones as best as you can? And there is just so much that you can do. Mm-hmm. But yes, we need to talk about it. Yeah. And not just to our female friends and family and colleagues, but to male. How do you do that in the workplace? Because, I mean, it's easy in theory. You can say, well, you just go to your boss. And if he's a male, you're just going to have to say, well, look, listen. But first of all, you've got that, um, well, if you feel uncomfortable talking about it, but also the fact that you, you're in the game or you want to work hard and you mm-hmm. want to be seen as somebody who can deal with whatever situation. And there might be like this sort of idea that because you're going through this, you're not strong enough or you're too weak. Mm-hmm. And women don't want to give that impression, so they're, they're hiding it. Yeah, and you are strong enough and you're not too weak. And um, you know, lots of workplaces have got really good menopause policies and they're doing really fantastic things around menopause menopause education where they are educating 
men at all levels in the men and women at all levels within the organization about how menopause affects women but you're absolutely right it's still something yeah. that is a big issue it depends and on who who's running the or- who. yeah who's mm-hmm. running the organization mm-hmm. i mean i look around here there's so many women working in this company nobody has ever come to me and asked me is do you want to set up a group or there is a group set up or mm-hmm. nobody i mean it's completely ignored and then i see the kitchen down here which is a really good point about the nutrition why have we got all the crisps and the chocolate and other things that are really bad for you? Could we not maybe put into that? Mm-hmm. You know, some stuff. of the flaxseed, um, some of the nuts, some of the just some of the good foods that will help us rather than scone, I need a chocolate fix. Yes. Or I need a packet of crisps or yes. there's no alternative there. Yes. So if there was something there that you could have as a go to sure. that makes it easy because when you are feeling low, flat, fed up hungry and hangry, then of course you're going to go for the crisps yeah. and the chocolate and the, the junk food. But this is what they do in America. In a similar workplace in America, you would have the machine for all the, the chocolates and whatever. And then there's another machine that's for all the healthy stuff that might help you with whatever mm-hmm. you're going through. And then you've got your your baskets of fruit. I mean, it, it just doesn't exist. And I'm sure we're not the only company I'm no, talking about. No, you are about. not like, you the know, only company. It just doesn't. Nobody's thinking about that. No. And sometimes I will go in, I do a lot of work in workplaces. And sometimes I go into workplaces and you have to walk past three, four, five vending machines that are packed full of sugar, refined carbohydrate, junk food. And then you go into the room that has the... In fact, sometimes I go in and do nutrition talks and the, the meal that they've been served might be white bread sandwiches and sausage rolls mm. or scones or, you know, so we have got to change our culture around what is good for us, what is a treat, what food makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. Because food that makes us feel good ain't that junk stuff. No. No matter whether you're male, female, or whether you're going through the menopause or not, it doesn't matter. We Mm -hmm. all, if the easier it is to make better choices, the more likely it's common sense. If I were to go to management here today, now just for talk's sake, and anybody who's in the same boat, you've got nothing there that's nutritious. What would you say if I were to build my own vending machine? Mm-hmm. For the women who are going through or who are perimenopausal, what would we be putting in that machine, Jane? Okay, so because it's a vending machine, obviously you can't really put the fresh stuff in there. Yeah. So if it was non-perishable things, I would be looking at stuff like nuts and seeds, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking at things like, um, imagine that it is a vending machine that we can put uh, perishable stuff in, but even things like thinking about bone density and things like oat cakes and cheese would be really good. Or um, maybe things like, you know, really good, and when I'm talking about bars, I'm not talking about those ultra-processed protein bars, but like nut bars Mm -hmm. with a little bit of dark chocolate that you could go and have something that's nice, satisfies that need for something sweet. Like those protein balls that you used to do. Would those that be the thing? balls, yes, something yeah. like that. And in your, your first book. Something like yeah. that. Perfect. Yeah. And then in the workplace, you know, in your workplace kitchen, things like um, in the fridge, maybe having stuff like uh, your dairy products, so your, maybe maybe some full-fat natural yogurts. I know that this is not to everybody's taste, but this is thinking about an ideal world. Sure. Maybe some cheese, maybe some whole grain crackers there, maybe some hummus, maybe some um, you know, if you if you are in a workplace where you're responsible for the catering, then you have got so much scope. Or if you've got a say in the catering, because coming into this time of the year, things like um, soups and casseroles and long, slow cooked things that would do you over 
you know, that could really nourish you right through after the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get that slump in energy. Sure. Salad boxes, fantastic. Um, wraps are not brilliant, but if you swapped your wraps for things like wholemeal pittas, mm-hmm. you're getting more slow-release energy and you can pack so much more into that. Yeah. Well, I suppose we're kind of lucky because we have the centre on the ground floor here and um, I know Maria and the team are always putting out fresh salads. and So we have Their that option. Yeah. yeah. We can go down there and go, right, okay, there's plenty there that's healthy and yeah. it's good for you and yeah. it'll help me get through the day. So we do have that. What about drinks? Drinks in my vending vending machine for perimenopause. I would be going obviously water and then also maybe some kombucha because Mm. your kombucha is your beneficial bacteria, supports your good gut flora, which is important for hormone metabolism. Um, I was also thinking there about if you're going in somewhere to get your lunch, say if you're going into a centre or Marxies or wherever you're going, when you're looking at all those those lunchables, Mm Usually they're all carbohydrate yeah. They're all refined and white carbohydrate. So if you have something like that in the, in, at lunchtime, you're going to crash in the afternoon. At perimenopause, we need almost double the amount of protein that we needed earlier in life. So forget about those and look for the protein. So if you can see something like, you know, lo- lots of um, places you'll get like, they call them a protein protein snack or something but it's basically a hard boiled egg and spinach you know you've seen those and they have things like hummus and carrot sticks or they have like you can even buy things like an apple and peanut butter for an extortionate price but if you've got a jar of nut butter and an apple that'll do the trick so think protein first if you're in a you know getting your takeaway lunch get that protein whether it's eggs meat fish whether it's hummus whether it's beans and lentils um, get the protein choice first and then see if you can get some vegetables or salad around that or even a bit of fruit and you know as you know I travel far and wide to Mm. talk to people about nutrition and sometimes I'll be in a very small town or village in Northern Ireland but you can still get something even in a tiny little spa in somewhere like Eglinton where I'm from um, you can still get things like nuts and a bit of fruit or cheese and whole grain crackers so you can no matter how small the shop is no matter how rural your community is there will be something that you can still grab and go that's Mm. going to keep your energy sustained support your hormone balance and give you a decent amount of protein that's going to make sure that you're reducing muscle wastage which which happens at perimenopause as well and that you're supporting your hormone balance Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Disney cruise ship docked in Belfast this week meaning the Breakfast Show listeners had Morris and Denise following hook, line and sinker for their Disney themed towns and sites in Northern Ireland to visit just noticed the uh, the latest cruise ship is arriving into Belfast Harbour this morning. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I didn't miss it. <laughs> the big Disney cruise ship. Oh. Just entering Belfast Lock, or as it's called this morning, the Disney Channel. Very good. Thank you. Thank See you. what you did. See what yeah. did there. Um, so I'm just thinking, sort of, places in Northern Ireland, places and signs in Northern Ireland that the tourists could visit with a, a Disney slant. Obviously, there's our Mickey Mouse Assembly up at Stormont. Of course. They could go up there and visit that, but other things, we should think of that. Uh-huh. Okay. We'll think of that and on. Simon and the Four Winds suggests the uh, Disney cruise ship tourists should go down to Bambi Bridge for a wee nosy. Bambi Bridge? <laughs> <laughs> or what about Snow White and the Seven Miles Straight? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, places in Northern Ireland that the Disney cruise ship visitors could visit while they're here today. Yeah. Uh, not quite Disney, but what about Jack and the Bally Beanstalk? <laughs> says Tracy this morning. Oh, Tracy, that's uh, good great. Good morning, Tracy. Uh, Scotty says they have to go to Blue House. Of 
course. Of course, because that's where he lives, yeah. from the jungle park. That's right. Blue house. Arthur said Corella Devil's Elbow. Corella Devil's Elbow. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Spurs Marty going for Cinderella's Beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. thank you for those. Keep them coming on the text on the WhatsApp. Uh, if they visit the U105 studios, they would see Goofy, says Brian. <laughs> or Beauty and the Beast. I'm not saying which is which. Nice sunny day so far. Yes, yeah, it's going to be okay. okay today, isn't it? Yeah, not too after, bad. After yeah. the rain yesterday. Uh, so we've been talking about um, with the the, uh, the, new, the latest cruise ship has come into Belfast. There's just docked this morning, the Disney cruise ship. Yeah. Uh, it just came up Belfast Lock, or as it's known today, the Disney Channel. You're loving it. I do like that. You like that. Um, so we're, we're wondering uh, places that the visitors on the cruise ship could go to today with the Northern Ireland Disney slant. Uh-huh. So some of our favourites so far include the Moana Bypass. Yes. Um, finding John Dory's, if they fancy a wee fish and chip. Baloo House. Baloo House, of, of course. course. Uh, Bambi Bridge. Good. Other ones include? I like Jack and the Bally Beanstalk. I think that's my favourite so far. Jack and the Bally Beanstalk. Yes. <laughs> not, not strictly Disney, but that's fine. Yes, yeah. um, I was thinking of another one. If oh. they went into the city centre and stood listening to one of the street preachers for a while, yes. that would be 101 Damnations. Oh! <laughs> You're really enjoying this. Uh, I am, yes. Yeah. And uh, and also, there's a place down near, is it Whitehead, Larne? You know, where you walk around the edge of the rocks? Okay. That's yeah. the Merry Gobbins. <laughs> Merry Gobbins. Merry Gobbins. <laughs> uh, feel free on the text on the WhatsApp, 077-66-105-105. They have to go to the Moy story. Moy story, of course. Jimbo, good morning to you. Uh, what about the Marvel Arch Caves? Marvel Arch Caves, clever. That's yeah. from Gary B. Morning, Gary B. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Sisters in Newry. That's, well, that's from John and Downpatrick. That's Newry, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no name on this one, but Indiana Jones and the Temple Roundabout of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Keep them coming. Continuing the places that Disney cruise ship visitors could visit. Docahontas. <laughs> Thank you, Jimbo. Uh, we mentioned uh, Dumbo Park, yes, just outside uh, Lisburn. Or, you know, where's that? Yeah, down that way. It is. Um, where else do we have? Oh, yes, a bit of a toss-up between uh, U105 Studios, whether it'll be Beauty and the Beast or Lady and the Tramp. Oh. Could have either, I guess, yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's U105 of the Best. For more like this, tune in on FM, DAB, on the U105 app and on your smart speaker for Northern Ireland's best mix, U105.